Amen. Thank you for all your hard work. Amen. Amen. Also, just want to say my thanks also, as last week we uh, had our revival um, with Pastor Steve Gabriel. Uh, all those in ministry stepped up every single night. There was their faithful working. Uh, we had praise and worship team here, the ushering team, had uh, the media team, uh, the cleaning team, uh, the children's church. Uh, everyone that does anything in this church, we want to thank you. Come, let's appreciate them right now. Amen. 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 Want to appreciate you. Um, it, was a, it was an intense time. Every night from Sunday, uh, two services on Sunday, then Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday. Every night we had faithful people here um, doing all sorts of things. Open up the building, clean the building, making sure things are right and so on. Hospitality and so on and so forth. It was a blessing. Thank you to all those that cooked as well, that helped out with the food. It was a, uh, it was a blessing. Amen. Uh, I just want to thank you for that. It was a great time. Um, and um, we want to continue that momentum as God continues to move in the city of Hull. I want to minister from the book of Mark this morning. Mark chapter 12. We're going to read a couple of verses of scripture in Mark chapter 12. Who is excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Wave your hands at me. Come on now. Yes. Amen. God is good. You know, it always comes about Sunday time. I said this before. Sometimes you could walk into the house of the Lord and you've got the weight of the week on your shoulders. But then you come in and you fling up your hands in praise and worship and it just melts away. Can you say amen in this place? As we serve God, we recognize that he is above all else. Our circumstances can be pushed aside. And as long as Jesus Christ is king of kings, everything's going to be all right. Can you say amen in this place? Amen. Amen. I want to start as a launching pad, uh, uh, as a story I picked up about a, uh, a preacher and his friend who was an actor. A preacher and an actor. And what happened is these uh, two would go to each other's area of, of influence, uh, um, and they were, they were similar. The preacher says, I preach, and he says to his actor friend, you perform. He says we do similar things. We stand before people and do what we do. And he says, you perform and I preach. And as they go, you know, they invited, the preacher invited his actor friend to church. He came to see, to see his congregation, uh, hear him preach. And it was vice versa as well. The actor friend invited the preacher to the theater to see how he would act and perform. And, and he would see what was going on and address all the type of things. And as this was going on, they went back and forth. The preacher got a bit perplexed because he says, listen, I do every week, I preach the truth, and I struggle to see people come in their numbers and so on, but I come to you, and here you are performing fiction, and people fill the auditorium. People come in this place, night after night, people are filling, he says, what's the difference here? I've got truth, and you've got fiction, but people are flocking to you, and he was perplexed. And the actor friend says, well, I know it's simple. You said you have truth and I have fiction, but the difference is uh, I perform my fiction as if it was truth, and you perform your truth as if it was fiction. And what he's saying is there is a difference. And as I heard that story, as I read that story, it hit me because uh, there is something that God requires from us, church. 
There's many things God requires from us, actually. But I want to hone in on one particular thing that God requires. What's the difference between the preacher and the actor in this story? The difference is passion. And I want to preach to you today that God requires passion from his children. He requires passion. And I want to preach a sermon of entitled, Prioritizing Passion. Because you know what I'm talking about when I say passion? You know, because we're all passionate about something. Come on, if I was to start mentioning certain things that you are passionate about, your countenance would change. Come on now. Your, your voice would start to change. Something that you're passionate about, the way that you speak, the way that you think about it, the way that you act, the way that you animate yourself would begin to change because we are all passionate about something. And I believe that the scripture we're going to read today shows us that God requires us to be passionate about him. Let's read Mark chapter 12. There was a time when uh, Jesus Christ was uh, preaching to the Pharisees. On one day, uh, as he was preaching, as he was uh, declaring, as he was uh, uh, ministering, as he did, uh, we saw uh, one man came up to him and asked him a question. And it says here in verse number 28 of Mark chapter 12, it says, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceived that he, this is Jesus, had answered the other people well. And asked him, said, Lord, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord, with, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Jesus said, this is the first commandment. And he's not talking about the first commandment in terms of where it is, or this is the first thing that Jesus said, or, or God uh, commanded his people. He's saying this is the first commandment in terms of it, it, its importance, as opposed to where it comes in order. He's saying this is the most important thing. If you're to do this, everything else would hang on this. If you're to love God, as he said, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. If you look at that, it is an intense love that God is requiring from his children. Can you say amen in this place? He breaks down how we are to love him. And he starts with saying, you need to love God with all your heart. And you don't have to be a Bible scholar to know that when he says your heart, or when we're talking about the heart in the Bible, it's not referring to the physical organ that is pumping blood around your body. When it's talking about loving God with your heart, it's talking about the, the center of your emotions, the center of your will. You need to love God with all of that. He says you need to love God with your soul, that is your very most inner being, that is the spiritual side that is connected to God. You need to love God with your soul. And he's saying also you need to love God with your mind, your intellect. And we know just like God is three in one, we are also three in one here. And he says you need to love God with everything, heart, soul, and mind. But it doesn't stop there. He also says you need to love God with all your strength. So now this is not everything with inside of you. Now this is everything that you do. Your strength determines how you do things in life, what you do in life. In Deuteronomy, it says he gives us the strength to earn wealth. So you need to love God with all of yourself, but also with all that you do. So if you mix those together, it's talking about loving God with everything that you have, loving God with an intensity, loving God so much he's looking for a passion. 
Sometimes we can have a lack of passion. Sometimes we can have a, a, a lackadaisical approach, but God is looking for passion. Can you say amen in this place? Sometimes we need to come into the house of God and leave our reservedness alone. Can you say amen? Sometimes we need to leave that conservative approach alone and come in here and throw up our hands because we're passionate about God. You know, one thing I'm passionate about is praise and worship. Who's with me in this place? Who's worship passionate about praise? praise and worship come on now and sometimes because in my mother church I used to play the bass so I can see people I can see how they worship God and I can see a certain group of people that raise up their hands and say dear Lord God I give you it all doesn't matter what they look like but I also see a certain group of people that are conservative in their praise and worship come on now they stand there and they hum the music come on now if they put their hand up it'll be like this any more than this is too much that's too that's fanaticism but I'm saying sometimes you need to understand I'm loving God with everything of me everything I have all my being so if that means I gotta raise up my hands and surrender to God that's exactly what I'm gonna do because we need to love God with a passion because people that say oh I'm conservative no you are passionate about something can you say amen in this place you have a passion for something or for someone dare I say come on now some people have a passion you know if I mention passion the first thing sometimes people think about is a, a love for somebody or an intense emotion towards somebody. Passion. You know, passion gets us doing some things that maybe we shouldn't be doing. Passion gets us uh, uh, going into situations maybe we shouldn't be going into. Uh, so we have passion. We understand what passion is. But I'm talking about a passion for God. A passion to love God with everything that we have. And many people in the Bible had passion. Look, this is what it was said of David in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 13 and verse number 22. And when he had removed him, talking about Saul, the previous king, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do my will. David was a man after God's own heart. He chose David because David was passionate. Can you say amen in this place? David would do things that other people wouldn't do because of his passion for God. David would go up and in the midst of fear, when there's a giant, a nine foot tall giant standing there, bellowing all sorts of nonsense, because of his passion he had for God, it would drive him to do things that other people wouldn't do. It would drive him to believe God in ways that other people couldn't. It would drive him to be courageous because of his passion for God. When you have a passion for the almighty God, God. You are driven to do things that normal people wouldn't do. You are driven to serve him in ways that the world can't understand. But it's because I have a passion. Can you say amen in this? When you see passion, you recognize it. When you see somebody that's serving with passion, you understand. You know, there's some things I, I, I say when I go to an establishment, maybe go to a place to eat or something like that, uh, or even in my children's school or something, I can quickly point out the people that have passion for what they do and the people that are just there because they need to pay some bills. Come on, if you go to a restaurant and so on, we went uh, last week, I was in Nando's, uh, and there was two types of people. We had a person that was just there looking to clock off, um, and um, she was so, the countenance was so bad, I actually had to say something. I said, are you okay? 
it's okay, you know. And she, she almost burst out in tears. She was like, I just, I just can't wait to finish my shift. I'm like, you need a new job. Can you say amen in this place? You can't live life like that. Contrast to a guy, his name was Adam, who came and started talking about uh, uh, where we've been. He recognized us from the night before. He says that he loves chicken. I was like, hey, I love chicken too. We had the same passion. He was talking about it. He was talking about the different sources that Nando's do. He says, hold on a second. I'm going to try. You've got to try this sauce. He went back to the chef and came and cut out a piece of thigh for us, put it on two different plates, put the sauce on there, came out totally free. He said, listen, you've got to try this sauce. I love this sauce. He tried it. We tried it. We were talking about it for times. He says, next time you come, I'll give you another sauce to try. There was so much passion brimming from him. I'm like, this guy, you must be Mr. Nando's or something in this place. You must own this establishment. It was night and day different because of passion. Oh, I went to my children's school and I can point out some teachers that are there for the paycheck. God bless them. Listen, we need to all pay some bills. God bless you. But there's certain vocations that need a passion. Otherwise, move aside. You ain't going to do this. Teachers, listen, you're bringing up the next generation. You can only do this if you are called, if you have a passion to do this. I was speaking to one teacher and, he, and they were saying, listen, I, I can't wait to see what these children are going to do. I have a privilege to be able to be a part of the next generation. Who knows? One of these snotty-nosed children could be running the country in a couple of years. Who knows where they could be? So I have to teach them. I have to give them everything I have so that when they go on, they can go on to be everything they want. I was so enlightened. Then I went to the other teacher. She could not wait for the bell to ring. It was 2.55. They finished at 3. She's pushing out the children. Get out of my class. It's time to go. I'm thinking, you're in the wrong job. Passion is recognizable. And dare I say, when we come into the house of the Lord, come on now. You can see the difference with people. They come in. You can see people who are filled with passion. You can see people when they pray. Oh, they're praying with passion, with everything in them. You can see how they pray. Sometimes it's not just a list of, God, I want this, I want this. It's not just a list of, give me this, give me this. God, I just want to come into your presence, God. God, I just want to be grateful to you. Thank you that I'm alive. Your grace has kept me. It's amazing. You can see the passion coming out. That's how God requires us to love him God doesn't want just a, a, a robotic church can you say I'm in this place God doesn't want just rituals and, and 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 things we do just for the sake of it God is calling his children to be passionate I want to look secondly then at passion killers what kills passion the first thing I want to look at is distraction Passion is killed, or better yet, or, or, or another way to say it, instead of killed, it is directed to something else. You still have the passion, but it's no longer a passion for God or a passion for his house. It's a passion for something else. We studied the book of Revelation, the, the seven letters to the seven churches, and we see this is what Jesus wrote to the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2 and verse number 1 to 4. It says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience. 
patience that you cannot bear those who are evil and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars and you have persevered and have patience and labored for my name's sake. This is all good. But then he goes on to say in verse number four, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. In other words, you used to be passionate to come to the house of the Lord. You used to be passionate when you used to pray. You used to be passionate when you read the word of God or or you came to fellowship with the brethren. But now you've left your first love and your passion is for something else. Oh, it's a generation that looks at their watch when they're in church thinking, I can't wait to get out of here because Man United is playing. Come on now. People are looking at their watch saying, I can't wait to get out of here because the food I've got on the stove. Listen, we should have a passion for God. There's sometimes we should be in church where I don't even want to leave because I want to be in his presence. But sometimes what Jesus is saying is that we can lose our first love and lose our passion for God and put our passion on the things of the world. Sometimes our passion is elsewhere. And now we can come and clock in and clock out. Jesus said you left your first love and that's a distraction. Listen, I'm, I'm not one of those that say, listen, you know, everything is super spirit. Don't talk about me about anything. You know, I'm passionate about a lot of things. But my number one passion has to be my maker. Can you say amen in this place? My number one passion has to be for the house of the Lord. My number one passion has to be what God is doing on this earth. Has to be all that God has for me. There's some other things that are entertainment I'm passionate about. But my passion, my number one thing has to be what God is doing. Because I can get distracted easily and have a passion for other things. Secondly, I want to look at apathy. Apathy I want to look at. You see, because we're in Ecclesiastes 9 and 10. If you read there, the Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. You see, because apathy is basically the opposite of passion. Apathy is like those teachers I was talking about or like that person that wanted to leave the shift. Apathy is like, listen, I'm here in body, but my mind is elsewhere. Come on now. I'm here physically, but my mind is thinking about other things, things that I want to do, places that I want to go, people that I want to see. Apathy. But Jesus or or Ecclesiastes is saying, listen, whatever your hand finds to do, whatever it is you are doing, you need to do it with all your might. You need to do it with everything you have in you. You need to do it with the passion that God has given us. Passion comes from God. We need to have that passion to do what God has put in our hands. Because listen, I believe we all have a destiny. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And we are to walk out that destiny with all our might, with all intensity, all the creativity God has given you. You are to give that back to him and walk in passion. Another thing that takes away passion is rituals. Look at Matthew 15 and verse number 8. The Bible says, These people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. It is a sad case where we're able just to speak with our lips, but our hearts are not involved. 
We're able to come in attendance, but it doesn't have the passion and the fire behind it. It doesn't have what transforms lives. It is dead and cold. The Bible says we are to come and love God with everything that we have, our mind, our soul, our heart, and our strength. We are able to do that because how many know Jesus Christ is passionate about us? Can you say amen in this place? Come on, they, they, they made a movie and they called it The Passion of the Christ because he was passionate. He calls himself the good shepherd. In other words, he's not like the hireling. The hireling is just there for a wage, doesn't really care about the sheep. But Jesus Christ has a passion for you and a passion for me that he's willing to lay his life down. He's willing to lay it down and say, I'm going to put aside my majesty and give myself up for the sheep because he is passionate about us. Listen, if he has that much passion towards us, it's only right that we passionate, we, we be passionate about his house and his kingdom. Can you say amen? It's only right that we be passionate about anything he gives us to do. It's only right, right that we have that type of passion. And the question is, how do we get to that type of passion? The easy answer is we ask for it. Uh, if we look at Ezekiel 11... Verse number 19, the Bible says, I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them and take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. We should ask God, listen, remove my heart of stone. Remove this heart I've got that's so cold and replace it and give me your spirit. Replace it with a heart of flesh that I can be for what you think. I can have a heart for what you have a heart for. Listen, as your heart beats for this world, I want my heart to beat for this world. And it's as we show the passion, as we live our lives in a passionate way for God. Listen, God can do wonderful things through us. You know, one of the things I, 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 I can't stand is when people tell people to do things that they themselves are not passionate about. You can, you can find it, you can see it a mile off. If you see a preacher that's able to say you should do this, but they themselves are not doing it, something doesn't smell right, doesn't connect right. But as you serve God with all your passion, people can look at your life and say something is different about you. There's a different element about you and it starts to draw people in. When you love God like that, when you serve God with a passion, people it becomes contagious and they want to have what you have. They want to experience what you experience. So as we serve God, as we do what God has called us to do, we should prioritize passion. Can you say amen in this place? We should prioritize how we do it with an intensity that when people see us, they'll begin to look at our life and glorify God in heaven because there's nothing better than seeing an on fire, Holy Ghost filled Christian serve in God in every arena of life. You come on Sunday, they're passionate about souls. They're passionate about Jesus. Monday through Friday, oh, you see them at their workplace. You see they're passionate about whatever they do, however they carry themselves. You see the passion. Saturday comes, they're not out in the clubs. No, they're passionate about serving God. You know, Joseph was passionate when he came to Potiphar's house and his wife was continually trying to chase him, trying to 
pull him down. He had such a passion for God. He says, how can I do this and sin against God? Because his passion drove him to do things that other people wouldn't do. How many know other men would have just completely dealt with the issue? Don't tell nobody because they didn't have a passion. But he has a passion for God. And that's what would drive us church. I believe God is saying to you this morning, I want you to turn up the intensity. I want you to become passionate. All you have to do is think about what Jesus has done for you, where Jesus has taken you from. All you have to do is think about the mercy that's new every single morning. Oh, that he can save someone like me and someone like you. And that should make you passionate about Jesus Christ. Listen, I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, oh, I'm just going to bow down. I wouldn't be able to look him in the face because I'll be down just thinking about all the things that he has saved me from. All you've got to do is crack open the word of God and you see the great lengths that God has done for this rescue mission for you and I. And then you become passionate. Oh, you need to understand you need to be passionate about the things of God. There's only one way to serve God and that is with passion. Give him praise in this place this morning. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm not talking about fanaticism. You don't have to always yell and shout and scream and be hollering all over the place and doing all sorts of nonsense. I'm not talking about just fanaticism. But what I am saying, there has to be something more. There has to be something. You know, uh, uh, I, I recently... Um, it wasn't recent, it was a couple of years ago, I went back to um, the church we used to attend uh, when I was really, really young. It was a, a Church of England church. Uh, and this is after I'm, I'm saved, uh, filled with the Spirit, serving God. I can't remember what I went there for. I don't know if it was a wedding or something, but I went there. And I'm like, are you guys serving the same God that I'm serving? Like, uh, like where is the, like... <laughs> I don't don't mean to speak about other... I don't really like speaking about other ministries. You do what you're doing. But there's something in me that was like, where is the passion here? Where's the life? Jesus Christ isn't in the grave anymore. Can you say amen in this place? Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. So when you're singing about Jesus Christ, don't just open a, a hymn book and just sing the words on there. Listen, actually sing like he's there receiving your praise. When you're speaking about Jesus Christ, there has to be something inside of you that burns, that talks about the love of Christ, how it's able to transform lives and change hearts, how it's still saving today. There has to be something in an environment when we're talking about Jesus Christ that gets a little bit of passion inside of you. Listen, there is, there's got to be something that burns, but now it's just become rituals and we do this and we burn this incense and we light this candle and we, where's the life? Where's the passion? You know, there's a song uh, by Kirk Franklin um, and it's called uh, uh, Why We Sing. Who's ever heard that song before, Why We Sing? And the lyrics go something like this. Now, I'm passionate, so forget my singing voice, amen. Just talk about the lyrics. <laughs> it says, someone asked the question. Who knows that song? Why do we sing when we lift our hands to Jesus? Uh, what do we really mean? Uh, someone may be wondering... Uh, when we sing our song, I got the words on. At times we may be crying, mm, 
and nothing's even wrong. Yeah, I love that. Because he's talking about a passion. So I cut you off there, but amen. <laughs> he's talking about a passion. I can connect with that because listen, I'm not one of those guys that cry all the time. I'm not one of those guys, listen, my, my wife still thinks, oh, why don't you cry when we got married? I was like, because I was happy. I was like, come on, man. I was happy. I was joy. She's talking about, why don't you cry when our children were born? I was like, because I'm happy. I, I'm not one of those guys, guys that cry all the time. But sometimes, listen, sometimes when you're in the presence of God, come on, sometimes you're singing that song and your, your hands are just up there and, and you're just overwhelmed Sometimes you sing in those words, and he said it like they said, sometimes we could be crying, but nothing's wrong. Listen, I'm not in pain sometimes when there's tears coming down my eyes, and I'm worshiping God. It's because God told me that I need to love him with my whole heart. I need to love him with my mind, with my soul, and with my strength. And listen, when you love God with everything in you, sometimes the emotions just come out. So sometimes you might see some tears coming down my face because I'm passionate about the Savior. And when you love God like that, when you worship God like that, listen, your life can never be the same again. I believe you tap into a new realm of a relationship when you put things aside and you say, God, I'm going to love you with an intensity. I'm going to love you like that. Things begin to open up. Things begin to shift. The problems you used to have are now all of a sudden smaller because your passion is turned toward the great I am. Listen, if you're here and you're one of those ones that listen kind of conserve I want you to break that this morning can you say amen in this place you need to serve God with a passion listen when we raise our hands to worship God throw those hands up as in your complete surrender to God we're not saying worship any man no worship the king of kings the lord of lords because he is worthy of all your praise can you say amen in this place thank you Jesus oh thank you Jesus there has to be an intensity a passion for what God has done because God has literally saved you from eternity in damnation. Amen. God has saved you from eternity in where the Bible says there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We have sinned against God. We're like filthy rags before him. We see unrighteousness. We all The Bible says if someone says they have no sin, he is a liar. And what God has done, he's taken our sinful life and he's picked us up and washed us in the precious blood of Jesus Christ that we can be called children of God. Listen, if that doesn't make you passionate, I don't know what else would make you passionate because you were once living this way, but now he's washed you clean and he's prepared you and now you're a trophy in his cabinet. Can you say amen in this place? Now you're going to spend eternity if you believe Jesus Christ and you put your faith in him, you're going to spend eternity in heaven you're going to spend eternity walking streets of gold you don't deserve it there was nothing good that you did did that can earn you that but the love of God came down and enveloped you and brought you out listen you should think about that that is the simple gospel think about that and that should make you passionate can you say amen so passionate that you can't contain it so passionate you have to go and tell somebody this is what Jesus did in my life he can do it in your life too so passionate that your evangelism is effective oh the Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man it says the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's the passionate prayer that avails much. We need to come to God with a passion. God requires something from us. 
He requires us to serve him with a passion. And everybody knows what passion is because you are passionate about something. You have something in you that's passionate. I want you to hear the word of the Lord today and direct that passion to God. That's his requirement for us this morning. He wants us to serve him, not just out of necessity. Come on now. Not just out of ritual. He wants us to serve him, not just because it's a Sunday. Come on now. He wants us to serve him with everything that we have, all of our being. He wants us to love him. And if we do that, we are fulfilling the law. If we do that, listen, we tick every box that there is to tick if we serve with a passion. I want us to leave this place passionate about the things of God. I want us to leave this building passionate about what Jesus did and what Jesus is still doing in 2023. When we leave this place, I want us to be passionate about reading his word. You know, just how the word came to us is an absolute miracle that we have the printed word of God. And you know, when we, hide, when we hold the Bible in our hands, that's not just something that contains the word of God. That is the word of God. Can you say amen in this place? And we have that printed that we can read. When we read that, we need to read it with a passion. We need to consume it with a passion. When we leave this place, I want us to be passionate about prayer. Prayer is our communication. We get to go into the very throne room of God because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. He split the veil, which allows us to enter into the holy of holies. Oh, so we should be passionate about prayer. When we pray, I remember somebody saying, oh, pastor, how do you pray? How do you get past the boredom? I'm like, get past the boredom. I'm able to talk to the one that created the universe. I'm able to connect with the one oh, that moved and flung stars into space. I'm able to communicate with my maker. How on earth am I to come with boredom? I am coming with a passion to say, God, who is man that you should be mindful of him? Come on, who am I that I'm able to speak with the greater I am? You should have a passion about the things of God. Can you say amen in this place? Come on now. We should be passionate Every single day, every time we wake up, there should be a passion. You know, as uh, uh, I, was, I received the call to preach the gospel, and I started telling people in my workplace, um, you know, this is what I'm going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. I started telling my family this is what I was going to do, and, I, and then I got the call to come here to Hull. I'll never forget what my brother said to me, my oldest brother, God bless him. I said, yeah, I'm going to move the family up to Hull, uh, eventually leave, quit my job, and, and do this full time. He looked at me. I said, why? <laughs> I said, and I looked at myself. I'm like, because I want to love God with my heart, with my mind, with my soul, and with my strength. In other words, I want to love God with everything I have. Take my job. Come on now, I want to serve God. I'll move my family because I want to serve God. In other words, I was saying to my brother, because I'm passionate about God. It is my passion. This is my passion. Can you say that about God? You are my passion. Come on. You are my passion. And when we do that, everything that we do in life should revolve around your passion. People say, oh, do you know, follow your passion. Follow your Listen, my passion is God. Because when it's all said and done, 
all the things that we give our lives to. And it's a travesty. All you've got to do is read Ecclesiastes, and he's got it covered. He understands. He's in the word in, in the book Ecclesiastes, he used the word vanity. He says, chasing the wind. Basically, there's so many things we can give ourselves to in this world that when we step across that line and we breathe our last, we'll look back and realize that was just a waste of time. That didn't mean anything. And I was so passionate about my job, so passionate about building my house, so passionate about building an empire. But now we step across, we step across, and we realize the passion we should have had, we've wasted. He said it was grasping for the wind. He said in Ecclesiastes, listen, just serve God. (laughs) Have a passion for God. One more story as I go. Um, I remember somebody talking about as Queen Elizabeth passed away. Um, Now, I don't know, only God knows, but I believe she was saved. I believe she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Somebody told me that one of the things she said was, she said, I can't wait to go to heaven and lay my crown down at the foot of Jesus. And I'm like, here is the Queen of England. Here is the the highest in in rank. Uh, And and she's saying, yes, I'm this, I'm all that, but I'm passionate about my Jesus. I'm going to lay my crown down at his feet. Say, I have a passion and I can't wait to see Jesus. Listen, who's with me in this place? You can't wait to see all that God has prepared for us. He's been preparing it for thousands of years. He says, I go to a place and I prepare. If I didn't do it, if I wasn't, I wouldn't have said it to you. He's going to prepare a place for us. We should serve him with a passion. When people speak to you about the things of God, there should be something that rises up inside of you. Your countenance changes. There's a smile on your face face. Listen, sometimes when I see people and I shake their hand, I'm like, listen, Jesus Christ is alive. You can smile. Come on now. You should have a passion because, oh, we should serve God with everything within us. I want us to leave this place with a passion for God, a passion for his house, and a passion for his work. Can we say amen in this place? Come on, let's give him praise in this place this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's prioritize passion. Let's ask God uh, to give us a heart of flesh uh, that we can walk in his way uh, and have passion. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. uh, Prioritizing passion.